Are you single? I am single. When have I ever? <laughs> Every time people ask me that, I'm like, bitch, when have I ever not been single? The last time I was in a relationship, I was like in 2020. Really? Yeah. In LMU? Uh, Yeah, where, um, college, yes. Indo or not? No, Indian. Oh. Yeah. Disgrace to the family. <laughs> Okay, and we're live. What's good, y'all? It's your girl Inda G in the house, back again with another episode of the Inda G Show, where educational and entertaining gets a little explicit. Full episodes are available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcast. Episode clips are also available on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. PSA for all of our deaf and hard of hearing viewers and listeners all over the world. Our full episodes on YouTube come with automatic English closed captions that have been reviewed and revised by our team to ensure accuracy. For those of you for those of our local Indonesian audience in need of Indonesian translations, you can find Bahasa Indonesia closed captions on the episode clips of this episode uploaded on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok, which we'll be sure to post a lot of from each and every episode on this show to ensure that none of you miss out. And without further ado, let's get started. Look who we got in the house today. It's your girl, Kai Mata. How you doing, Miss Girl? I am doing well. <laughs> This is a little mini reunion for this, us. This is a mini reunion. You want to tell the children how far back we go? I think the last time I saw you must have been seven or eight years ago. Yeah, way, way before I grew up as a person. Both of us. Uh, both of us. Oh my gosh. Yeah. When I look at photos of us back then, cringe. Back in high school. Yeah. yeah. Both of us got so hot with time. Oh, thank God. Uh, yeah, thank Thank goodness. Thank God. And I really, I don't mean this to be like slanderous and like I don't mean this to be like shade towards anybody from like back in high school. But like I often think about, I'm so glad I didn't peak back in high school. I know. It's just like we have a whole lot of our lives to live. Mm-hmm. And it's a good thing that we are still like growing and flourishing. Mm-hmm. And just it, it keeps the excitement, you know, like every time, like every like a, a person they haven't seen us for like maybe like two, three years. And then like it keeps them on the, like at the top of their feet. They're kind of like, oh, how's how's Inda looking like now? What's she doing now? You hot. Know, yeah, hot. Hot. Hot with a banging body. And a lot of followers. <laughs> But yeah, don't don't degrade yourself to just your body. Look at that face. Look at that brain. Look at that acne. I'm just kidding. Look at the words. Hear them. Look at look at everything. Look at those pants. Look at these. (gasps) Wait, wait, tangga ya. Sedikit. (laughs) Serving. It's kind of it's kind of gay. It is. It is very gay. It fits the bisexual theme. We're going with the lighting. Uh huh. If y'all can notice, like I mean, I'm sure y'all can notice, like the purple. pink and purple and no blue the purple lighting the purple lighting that's called bisexual lighting fun fact that's an an actual term i'm coming i'm not coming out she already and she already came out okay i come out every day i was gonna ask like do you have to actually come out every day like yeah oh yeah because of um heteronormativity yeah you meet new people and they always assume it's like do you have a boyfriend are you Mm. married yet do you have kids and depending Mm -hmm. on the situation yeah if i feel like it's a safe environment i'll be like i have a girlfriend Mm -hmm. or if it's not i'll say i have a pachar Mm -hmm. and be very gender neutral yeah and suggest that my pachar is in the military in jakarta and Mm -hmm. has a it's like a big strong man with a mustache (laughs) and i'll just be like yeah such a big strong like police officer yeah pa if they're like a a driver or something yeah Uh, just for safety uh, yeah 
Yeah, like or like I'll get pulled over on the side of the road often when I'm driving mm-hmm. in uh, like Bali or Jakarta, and they always ask, "Oh, you're it says you're single. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you are you are you still single?" I was like, "No, I'm getting married soon to a big strong man, a big strong straight man, officer, straight marriage." Right, right, we're, right. We're both of the same religion as our Catepeses, yep. and you know nothing is out of the ordinary. Yep, children two weeks after tying the knot, immediate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah and peter's at the back say hi to peter everybody we went to high school together and like literally we haven't seen each other since like 2015 2000 yeah you graduated 2015 yeah 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 and just i mean i guess in brief like how have you been doing that's been good i think like you mentioned we both have glown up mm-hmm. we both have found like a niche coming back to indonesia in yep. a way that is like we are here to talk about things that are taboo in this country, unfortunately. Yep. And to bring light to this in a way that is entertaining, mm-hmm. educational, mm-hmm. and raises awareness for ourselves, our culture, and our people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, like, the basics of it. Like, did you end up graduating from college? No. No, you didn't. Did you end up... Okay, and then I'm assuming, like, you... Well, yeah, because you dropped out of college, right? Yeah, I yeah. lasted a valiant... 10 weeks where were you uc uc davis oh davis i keep thinking san diego no i went up north it was too cold Uh Uh, so i left after 10 weeks there to go to someplace even colder i was in sri lanka and then egypt okay wait those aren't that cold. egypt was really cold in like january oh freezing uh and then i was in india for around four to five months and Uh then i came back to indonesia and said i want to settle down Uh here in indonesia make this my home Mm -hmm. uh, reestablish my roots as an indonesian Mm -hmm. and develop my music career right yeah uh, also she's a she's a musician I am. <laughs> She's she is a musician. You can find her on Spotify, Apple Podcast under the name yeah, Kai Mata. Kai right? Mata. I'm everywhere. Yeah. Three million streams, baby. Three million streams. My goodness. A bitch can dream to hit that numbers one day. But yeah. Um links down below. And also like when did you start your music career officially? When I released my first album was in two thousand eighteen. Yeah. And that coincided with a tour in the USA. Mm. yeah uh but before that i was still playing gigs in mm-hmm. bali it yeah. wasn't i had not established myself as a, a a writer of music like of original songs until 2018 mm-hmm. and that's when my career changed to pretty much only be original music mm-hmm. and really only times where it's like an actual concert or event love it actually i'm just realizing if i played your music before this episode would you sue me i can give you the rights I, I can give you the rights to play it. So easy. So much easier than Diana Ross. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because she's no longer with us. Wait, right? She's She passed away, right? I'm not sure. Sorry, Diana. Sorry. <laughs> I apologize. Oh, uh, but yeah. And you're permanently residing in Bali now? You're per- For the most part, yeah. Bali's where I want to like live long term. Uh-huh. It's where I call home. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But yeah, just, I mean, I, I mean, I know this about you, but just putting it out there. like, But she grew up in Jakarta. Yeah. I mean, yeah, clearly we went to high school together. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But when I knew you back in high school, I mean, okay, first of all, like back in high school, I feel like there were very little people that were out. No one was. There was, well, what? Okay. Arguable because you don't like some of the people that are like, you suspect? No, not even suspect. It's like, it's so just, they don't even have to put it out there as a formal statement that, oh, I'm gay because it's like as clear as the sky. It's like the sky is blue, the grass is green, and that person is clearly gay. But they could never say it out loud. Mm. like a don't ask don't tell mm, that's interesting because i always I, I always felt that it was more like i just don't need to because it, i make it so obvious but i that's an interesting that's an interesting take like th- that might even be the case 
that you know yeah 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 was that was that the case with you like were you always did you always know that you were gay i think with a lot of like um women that i identify with in the queer community Mm -hmm. it's so hard because we are not told that it's a possibility we don't know it's something that is even available for Mm -hmm. us to be because of uh heteronormativity yeah it's so ingrained in our society where people will always ask and assume everyone is straight it's like the default it is the normal setting that people think yeah. is sexuality yeah and as a result like when i had friendships with women that sometimes felt like more than friendships to me i had no idea what that was i was like mm. is this just a deeper level of friendship yeah or when i was like starting to try to date men mm-hmm. it was like is this am I just supposed to learn to like them over time? Mm-hmm. Or is it supposed to be instantaneous? <laughs> because, like, I didn't know. Just give it, give it, give it a few months. It'll, it'll, right. it'll kick in. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I, like, in, like, I, I've had sex with men before. Mm-hmm. Like, people with penises. And it's like, I didn't enjoy it. Maybe it's a different man I'm supposed to look for. Maybe he just sucks. Right, right. <laughs> or maybe, like, I, it's just, like, the, the more, the more times you do it, the better. Which is mm-hmm. the case, but not with, like, that gender typically for me yeah yeah Um, so i it's hard to say did i always know Mm -hmm. looking back at it i'm like i was gay this entire time and you just you i guess maybe one way to put it you lack the vernacular to express like you lack the i guess that you lack the vernacular at that time i think now we uh I won't, I won't say the English language, but now, like, our generation, we're more equipped with the vernacular to express, like, more queer identities. I think that's one. Where maybe, did you, was there ever a part of you that, like, found it difficult to reconcile with it? Yeah, and it wasn't even, like, reconciling. It's, like, understanding it. It's, mm-hmm. like, the exploration of something that felt so unknown to me yeah. and so invisible. Mm. I knew gay people existed, especially in high school. Yeah. But we didn't think that they existed here in Indonesia. Mm. And it felt so lonely because I felt like I was the only one that really was experiencing this. But you know what? Like, I think about it a lot, just how we were back in the school that we were mm-hmm. in. It's probably the most, like, when you think of the most stereotypically like very like the most western the most lib so by proxy of that the most liberal the most progressive international school in this country you would think of that that's our school it's not (laughs) yes actually in actuality it's not at that time you had that mentality i think we all had that mentality no right and and, like thinking back on it like our sex health class we actually had sex ed but 10th grade but that wasn't actually a conducive idea of what sex is we never discussed consent we talked about sex from the idea of a penis entering a vagina and nothing else yes and i'm like even in heterosexual sex yeah there's so much more that constitutes sex mm-hmm. than just that yeah and and what we are then learning is that that modeled it to me of like that is what sex is anything mm-hmm. that i experience outside of that mm-hmm. is not it yeah um and also just the ideas of we, did we ever learn about consent? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. And even outside of the classroom, outside of sex ed and how heteronormative it was, also just like the social setting of like what you said, I there were not, I, I actually, I never even thought about it until you mentioned it just now of how some students, they didn't, they, they were scared maybe to like put out a formal statement of like, oh yeah, I'm gay. I can only think of one. I can, did she? Did she? Yeah. On your grade? Only, my grade, my grade. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, In my grade, one that was just very, and good on her, like very unabashed about it. Like, yeah, I'm gay. right? But she was like the only one. And no one said anything, right? Mm, I can only think, no, well, not to, to her directly or about her directly, no. But would anyone expect her to ask another woman to prom? 
Oh, her, I will say her, yes, because she is got, like even um, physically like the typical butch lesbian. Right, but like, do you think the school would have even known how to handle that if they if it were like two prom queens? Uh-huh, absolutely not. No, you know? From the, the school from an administrative standpoint, definitely like they would not know how to handle that. I'm talking socially like amongst like our own peers, you know, of just how... I think now I'm reflecting as I'm talking right now mm-hmm. because I haven't even thought about this up until you mentioned it of how, yeah, I think for a lot of us back then in high school, I mean, I guess correct me if I'm wrong, anybody from high school watching this, but it's like we had the knowledge of like, let's say like this guy and he's like the typical very femme gay and it's like we know it's a, it's a, what what's the term? Un, unspoken not an unspoken rule. It's like an unspoken general knowledge of like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, no, he's gay. But it's like, you just don't have to say it. You don't have, but to, you say don't have to say it. You know? But isn't that Indonesian culture? That is like very... Like you, in- ha- you must have a very flamboyant uncle uh-huh. that you never ask about like, is he single? Is he not? Because yeah. you're not supposed to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that is actually very Indonesian culture. Oh my God, I hope that's okay. Actually, yeah, that is very um, Indonesian culture of like, we know that they're gay. I think everybody knows that they're gay, but it's just you don't want to say it. It becomes a problem when you bring it up because then that's pushing your agenda. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, like, right. yeah. I, I think about my time in high school and I was like, it, it's like, coming out was then viewed as something different and it would be talked mm-hmm. about. I don't mm-hmm. think people would have, like, necessarily attacked me. Yeah. But, like, you heard people use slurs regularly. Oh, I remember, yeah. like, a classmate, like, greeting people in the morning saying, like, hey, faggot. To who? Uh, Australians. Oh my god. Uh, you know, okay, you know what? From the Australians, I yeah, I believe that. But you know, like like things like that, or even people mm-hmm. back then and still now still use like that's gay as like a, a, derog- a derogatory, a pejorative. A pejorative, yeah. And it's it's like like those little things add up, and also the mm-hmm. context of Indonesia at that time adds up. Oh uh, yeah. And when we think about Indonesia at that time, mm-hmm. so conservative, growing more conservative. Yeah. And that adds up into the entire um, ecosystem of what it's like to be Indonesian and queer and come mm-hmm. with like a, 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 a level of understanding that my sexual orientation will not just affect me, but mm-hmm. affect my family and their reputation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm reminded of this one incident where this, this happened in my grade. Mm-hmm. I think my senior year, so you were all, she's one grade above me. So I think that happened my senior year for uh, prom and um, one of the, what did we have? What was it called? Like there was the central student council, which was the big one. There's the student council per grade level, right? Mm-hmm. So our, our grade, our grade level student council, one of the guys on it, this was like way, way back then, but I remember this clear as day and I remember till this day who it is. I obviously won't say it in front of the camera, but he was part of the student council for our grade and he was the one organizing the prom and everything, right? And then there was, I think what happened was they were going around classes or I think in w- one of the classes where my friend, the butch lesbian that I was mm-hmm. ha- telling you about, shared with this guy who was part of the student council of our grade, he mentioned something about, it, it was bas- it's basically a, the typical assertion of heteronormativity where it's like, yeah, make sure when you go to prom, guys ask the girls out and the girls ask the guys out. But it's one of those like very, it was meant to be one of those very subtle homophobic remarks of like, hey guys, make sure you only ask the girls out. Mm-hmm. Girls, make sure you only ask, like girls, make sure you only go with men. Men, make sure you only go with girls. I That one I remember. And that was, I think... To be fair, like to, to the extent of like homophobia in our high school, I will say 
I think we had it a lot better compared to a lot of other high schools I've heard of where my gay friends, like they're like back in the US, like they would be telling me about like, oh, back in high school, like they were like the gay kid that everybody knew was gay and they like got shoved in the fucking lockers and like death threats and shit. I, I don't think. Our, our school was made up of students that were not into physical bullying because uh-huh. physical bullying comes with evidence. Mm. But our school came with a privilege of the mental warfare mm. where it's it's subtle comments online and yeah. passive aggressive jabs that yeah. you could never clearly point out mm-hmm. but uh, impact someone's psyche so strongly. Yeah. That is destructive because it's something that you can very hardly prove yeah but people can feel yeah and also i would like to acknowledge that obviously like us like looking back at our time back in high school i'm coming from the perspective of someone who is cis heterosexual and like obviously you i even though i guess at that time you identified as someone being straight like you i think we're already sort of coming like the the you, you were starting to acknowledge that oh i might be gay and so I, what i'm trying to say is i acknowledge that my reflection of our time back in high school is operating from a place of privilege Right. of being straight you know i so i don't i don't i've never thought about this but you definitely have put some thought into this coming from the perspective of someone who is gay yeah and yeah. like like how my high school and like coming mm-hmm. of like coming of age period of mm-hmm. life really impacted the way i viewed it and made it much more difficult to come out and feel comfortable mm-hmm. in who i am and speaking of coming out my uh my other question was, were you already out at least like to maybe one or two of your closest confidence like back in high school? My best friend at the time, mm. one of them found out. Huh? I didn't tell her. I didn't tell her. She knew. Like, Oh, it was one of those like, babe, she I can knew. tell you're gay. And, yeah. And then like she sat me down because like there was a there was a, a, a classmate of mine that mm-hmm. I was like realizing that I was in love with oh and okay i didn't know what that was mm-hmm. i was like is this just a deeper level of friendship have i mm-hmm. unlocked another level of friendship mm-hmm. uh and i just remember sitting there at like a halloween party and i saw her like uh hooking up with someone a guy <laughs> and i was like i'm really happy for you that you are like doing that with someone you like mm. but i'm also so heartbroken for myself mm that should be me by justin bieber plays in your head yeah of course <laughs> you know and and like it wasn't even at that time that i wanted that to be me mm. because i didn't i was still s- struggling with the idea of like even imagining what look life would look like in a relationship with another woman yeah but it was just that i was like i could feel my heart drop in in pain mm-hmm. but i wasn't jealous mm. and i remember my friend coming up to me and be like you're sad right and i was like yeah a little bit and she's like mm. is it because of this and i was like yeah it is and she's like it's okay mm. Mm. i accept you and that was very sweet uh, yeah. she knew she knew and and my I'm- goodness she knew just from like looking at your expression looking at the other classmate that you're in love with that's very like like attuned attuned next level attention to detail it was also because uh, at that time i was using songwriting to really explore my feelings Mm. and feel like that was my safest place to talk about feeling like i couldn't speak my truth feeling like i i was in love with someone i didn't want to be in love with Uh. i was upset that i was in love Mm -hmm. oh thank you for the tissues just in case just in case um peter always coming through with the tissues so considerate yeah um but you know it was just feeling like like she could tell Mm -hmm. uh and i'm grateful to have her Mm -hmm. and have had her known Mm -hmm. it was a doozy once the best friend i was in love with found out and that really like that wrecked my senior year in high school i'm sorry yeah i'm sorry that's yeah that's rough even like i 
even with like even for straight people it's like when you fall in love with your with like your guy best friend and then it like it throws the whole friendship off it's yeah no, yeah that, that that really that sucks there was the other thing that i wanted to say just now and i can't remember anymore oh in terms of like your songwriting like your your friend one of your uh closest friends she found out also through your songwriting yeah she would listen to my music at, in high school she was like the biggest fan of my music mm-hmm. and and so i use music and songwriting to write about who i am in ways that i feel like words alone can't express oh were you already using like I- i'm assuming like was the hint like in the pronouns or something or just no no just the context of the lyrics the wow. longing the the feeling of like feeling mm-hmm. so isolated and unable to share how mm-hmm. i feel and feeling at that time mm-hmm. i remember feeling so chained and constricted like i was always going to have to hide this aspect about my life and mm-hmm. like i said like end up marrying armand oh my god yeah i i the fear i i sympathize so much remind me to tell you the story about my best friend back in seventh grade um i have adhd brain um but i sympathize so much with a lot of my gay guy friends here that have told me like i'm probably gonna in order to get my inheritance i'm probably gonna have to fake marry like one of my girl best friends and just like do it in secret right and like not for any love and that's unfortunate because that is not fair to the person you're marrying if they're not uh, aware of it and not uh, consenting to that well i i some of my gay male friends have told me this where they basically they make a sepakat like they make a a pact a pact yeah they make a pact with a female best friend of theirs who obviously knows that they're gay mm-hmm. but it's just like it's a contractual agreement of like hey so i can get my inheritance will you marry me just yeah. like superficially like will you marry me and the girls are like yeah sure so that is something in the usa called the a term that derived from the usa called lavender marriages oh, purple marriages there's a purple exactly and it's the idea of of like two Mm -hmm. gay people like a gay man and a gay woman Mm. marrying each other Mm -hmm. so that they can look like a heterosexual couple on paper and on the surface yet still have their partners uh on the sides did you watch house of the dragon no i have not oh never mind then Okay. okay no that's fine we won't we won't get there we won't get there okay right the story about my best friend back in the seventh grade amazing i remembered that because when you were talking about the whole story with you back in high school i want to tell you the story of when i was back in the seventh grade i don't think i have actually i don't think i've ever told this story to anyone or have i maybe like only one or two people but um when i was like back in the seventh grade i had this one best friend um that i was pretty much everybody knew like we were conjoined by the mm-hmm. fucking hips and we did everything together she was the person i t- like from the moment i wake up to the moment i'm about to f- fall asleep in bed like she was the one person that i talked to like literally conjoined by the fucking hips right um and we just we did everything together and i was so she, like, she was my best friend you know mm. like i was so attached to her to the point where one day i started thinking like why am I so attached? And so I basically what I'm trying to say is I had that brief moment back in my childhood where I like legitimately contemplated, am I gay? Am I bisexual? And am I in love with my best friend? Mm-hmm. I think I could actually be in love with my best friend. So when you were telling me that story, that's what I uh, got got reminded of. Um, point being, no, I'm, I'm, I'm straight, but I do want to put this out there. There is a lot of theory and there's actually starting to... Uh, there's starting to be more science pouring into support this of like sexuality really is fluid and it's standard across like whether you're you know a biological female like a biological uh male i read this one article that was basically saying how most if not all females like none no one is 100 percent straight 
very few I'm people I'm sure you've are. read that. Yeah, and it's just like, most likely that's the case. Uh, it's a, a spectrum, and there's like percentages on both sides. The Kinsey scale is a good example of this, yeah. right? And there are people that are bisexual that have never slept with someone of the same sex, mm-hmm. and that still does not mean that they're straight. That means they're bisexual because of who they're attracted to. Yeah. Uh, there are people, like, I predominantly date women, mm-hmm. uh, and that is like my dating history. However, there are some men, predominantly not straight men, mm-hmm. but men in general, mm-hmm. that I'm like, they are hot. Yeah. I prefer queer men uh-huh well well but that's i i think that's different because like there's like physical attraction and sexual attraction are different no Ex- and also i also think there's physical sexual and uh, romantic attraction mm-hmm. like but, which i think it can all be different yeah well but in the context of sexual orientation like it's contingent upon sexual attraction only though right because physical attraction like i look at every mama i'm looking at you and i'm physically attracted thank you I mean, yeah, but, like, very rarely will there be, like, a very attractive man. Typically, they're, like, trans men that I, like, I, 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 I've had the most mm-hmm. pleasant experiences with mm-hmm. in terms of, like, the category of men mm-hmm. have been typically trans men. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, yes, yes, uh, this is fun. Sex is fun with you. Mm-hmm. It is, like, light and it is uh, uh, enjoyable and rich, enriching. Um, but, like, uh, so, so there is that whole scale and I think people are very rigid on it from both sides of the spectrum of, like, mm-hmm. How can you be gay if you've never had sex with someone of the same type? Like, oh, blum choba, you know? Like, how do you know you're gay if you've never, like, had sex in either direction? Ah, Brandon literally said that in the episode. Yeah. <laughs> when, when, no, he was, like, bantering with Raymond, and then he's like, have you ever tried? And Raymond's like, no. Well, how do you know? And then Raymond's like, well, have you tried? And Brandon's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, you know, like, like. Um, or, or the aspects of, like, I've been told that on, in either direction, like, mm-hmm. um, a lot of men are like, how do you know you like women only? Oh my god. And I'm like, if you're just trying to sleep with me, try, uh-huh. buy me a drink, and then go away. Uh, yeah, <laughs> honestly. Let me make it a transaction. Straight men are good for one thing and one thing only, and that's free drinks. At least for me. At least, oh, especially for you. Yeah. You have no business. You're not attracted to dick. I was talking to a lesbian friend the other day, and she told me she has the opposite of dick envy. It's like dick disgust. I don't have dick disgust. Do you have dick envy? No. Okay. I, I mean, like, sometimes I like to pack. Mm-hmm. I'm just, you know. Like, oh, we'll talk all about that, like, a Gender expression? Ge- yeah. We'll talk all about um, queer queer sex in the bedroom a little later. Yeah. You're, okay. open, you're open to that, right? Yeah. Okay, good. But um, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, like, just high school, like, being gay and stuff. Oh, wait, so when, like, at what point did you, like, come out to your parents? The, this is starting to get really sensitive, so I'm treading on, like, careful, like, I'm treading carefully here. Mm. There yeah. were, like, phases of coming out to my parents. There was, like, coming out to my parents when I was on... When I was really broken in high school. And they knew something was so wrong. And mm. they were so worried about me. I was mm-hmm. not ready to say anything. Yeah. I, I came out... I was... I started to come out before I felt ready to. Mm-hmm. And had I had the chance... To, if I had the chance to do it over again, mm-hmm. I would in a way where I would feel empowered. Rather than... Not forced to necessarily, but, like, I was being in a corner Mm -hmm. and had to get myself out of a situation where everyone was so worried about me Mm. because I was so depressed and so sad Mm -hmm. and I had to tell my parents and they're like we know we're we're okay we're we accept you and but what it felt like I like actually took the step and the initiative to come out was when I was in like my first relationship with a woman and I was like mom dad uh I have a partner Mm -hmm. this is her name uh and they said as long as you're happy we're happy and for me, that was, like, really the, the only thing I needed to know. And mm. there have been phases of then, like, my parents meeting my partner, mm. uh, my grandparents meeting my partner, 
them being like open and loving to my partner mm-hmm. to the point where like even now I am in a relationship. Mm-hmm. My mother will WhatsApp my partner more so than me because <laughs> uh, she knows that my partner will respond and I uh-huh. won't. Um, but, but like my partner has a really good relationship with both my parents and my grandma. So yeah. Uh, honestly, that is such a relief to hear because like I don't know anything about your relationship with your parents and like the dynamics of like when you came out to them and everything like, you know, um, uh, back then and I subconsciously I was thinking like, okay, what if like they, it can only go either one of two ways, right? Right. And usually it's I mean, I'm privileged bad. and I'm it's unfortunate that this is a privilege when it should be a right. Yes. Uh, but as of now, it is a rarity and a privilege that I have supporting parents and supporting grandparents and a, like a supporting like immediate family network. Even your grandparents. Yeah. Girl, you privilege, privilege. I mean, I'm very fortunate that my grandmother like like still does not know how to pronounce my partner's name, but mm. will still like ask her if she has eaten and make sure that she has food. Oh, and that's the only thing that matters. Right. Who cares about the name? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. Just call her A or something. Or yeah, like yeah, Apple. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, no, and I, yeah, I, I say this all the time that if you, especially because um, parenthood is so hyper glamorized in this society, especially I always tell people and I don't care who the fuck this offends and I don't care, you know, if this makes you feel uncomfortable. But if you are not okay with the prospects of having a gay child a disabled child a neurodivergent child a a child that belongs to a historically marginalized community you are not fit to be a parent i always always say that i agree and like it sucks when people are like oh you're such a homophobe i hope your kid turns out gay Mm. then you're just wishing that kid a life of pain and trauma yeah so like from the aspect of like you can never guarantee anything with a child, yeah. whether it's adoption or something that you, you cook in your own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cook on your own. <laughs> what wait, a euphemism. Wait, so uh, coming back again to coming out um, to your parents, so that took place in like what, high school? Uh, end of high school and then again like a year later. Mm, and Like I, the final nail on the coffin of like, yeah, I'm yeah. gay. And was then, like a year later. Yeah, and like my parents every now and then always ask me questions like, what is your sexual orientation? I'm like, ah, oh, you know, like I predominantly will, I, I find if I imagine who I will settle down with mm-hmm. for the rest of my life, mm-hmm. it's a woman typically. Yes. Uh, it's never been imagined in my head to be yeah. a man of any type. My goodness. Like trying to explain, I mean, I, I think you and I and like the bulk of our generation were very privileged to have grown up in a time where there is more research and more knowledge surrounding sexuality. Like we're more equipped with the knowledge of like what sexuality actually is and like how it works. Trying to explain that to fucking parents, like boomer ass parents, mama. Is it hard with your mom? Oh my god, yes, absolutely. And like my mom, actually, I, I don't think I've never, I don't think I've ever put this out there. Like my mom will, we'll watch RuPaul's Drag Race together. Like that's one of our like bonding activities. She has like her favorite drag queen and everything. And uh, my mom, when it comes to her and her opinions with like LGBT and homosexuality and all that, is very, very convoluted and very interesting. Very, very interesting, but maybe I'll save that for some other time. What I will say for, for now, though, what this one time, I oh got, I tried to explain to my mom the concept of bisexuality because my mom understands, oh, there are gay men and then there are gay women. The, the in between of that, I, I just, I wanted to, like, the conversation came up over dinner and everything. And I just, as a matter of fact, like, just told her, like, no, there are people that are in between. And then she's like, what do you mean? So, like, they, 
I, I forgot what her I, I forgot what she said but she just basically she can't grasp the concept of liking two at the same time and i'm just like mom it's really not that hard it's not quantum physics not even at the same time but like at, at a certain point liking a woman and then like we're not even talking about polyamory yeah 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 yeah. oh yeah that's what she thought she thought it was like oh so you mean uh, poly- polygamy no a different topic yeah that, that's, that's a very a, different topic that's a relationship uh orientation style yeah. uh yeah no but my mom did not grasp the concept and i'm just like you know what some things you're just i guess maybe too old to understand i just i let it be yeah but trying to understand but basically what i'm trying to say is trying to explain the concept of sexuality to your parents is so hard because they just didn't they they didn't grow up with any of this i think some of them did they just forgot it Mm. indonesia has a historically very queer culture oh yeah you know yeah like the drag queen culture in indonesia has Mm -hmm. been ingrained in our culture in our soap operas and Mm -hmm. stuff and of course they were made to be like the jests and the fools yeah of like soap operas but that is still a part of arts but look at um what's the peter what's the one i mentioned in my tiktok video the um sumatra one the uh, bugis bugis that's bugis. Sulawesi. Sulawesi. oh sorry the bugis tribe bugis tribe yeah 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 and in bugis that's not just that's not comedian or you know whatever no, that's, that's spiritual like that is just their society and and that five different genders exist mm-hmm. from a spectrum of like man to woman mm-hmm. and terms that don't translate to english yeah and so then i don't think there's a point to where yeah. the person that is viewed as like the highest level of society like their priest yeah is basically a non-binary individual is how i would have to compare it to mm-hmm. english yeah 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 but um i went on tiktok one time and like i, I talked about that very very superficially very briefly just like stating the facts and everything and so many people were like up in ants like down in the comments and it's like see <laughs> it's all facts mama just go on google uh, you know it's just it's our culture yeah yeah but um in terms of like uh, back again to the coming out. I'm sorry if yeah. like, I keep like going back to this, but I think it's going to be useful for a lot of the um, my younger o- queer audience that maybe are in the process mm-hmm. of like you know in the in the process of this. Mm-hmm. Like when in your one thing that I very commonly read in my DMs, where a lot of my younger queer audiences um, o- open up to me about their struggles about being queer. Something that is a repeating theme is the fear of being abandoned by their family especially but also friends and other members of their immediate community once they come out so was that something that you experienced yeah in high school i was isolated and also self-isolated at the same time as a result at the, at the end of my high school years self-isolated i i think i understand the context of kind of like i think you were dealing with a lot of internalized like turmoil and that's why you self-isolated yourself from everybody is that it but like my closest friend group like ended up pulling away a little bit because of well it was just like one person it, it was the conflict of it being like with my best friend right and, oh. and then like I, I then lost that person who was the person i confided in often and oh. like was were like really close yeah, yeah and then yeah. as a result i didn't want to like keep her away from our other friend group oh, so then i self-isolated mama. from there oh i'm oh that hurts to even hear i am so sorry yeah uh, but like it, it is a natural and realistic fear to have yes if you do not fear this then think more about your decisions yeah because it's a it's a truthful thing you are at risk of losing your job mm-hmm. you're at risk of you losing your housing mm. your family your friends can you get fired here for being gay yeah there's no there's no anti-discrimination laws right yeah we don't have that here oh i'm angry again right <laughs> no. 
you know and then also like think about the precedent that has been set by the police over the years of like people of marginalized groups right yeah that is something to consider as well yeah yeah oh man you said police and my ass cheeks just mm, clenched yeah no because i'm like what if they find this video you know See, but I, that, that's why like i want to have all of these like conversations but it's just like the politics here is so ass free speech does not exist here everything's defamation yeah every literally you can get sued for anything here it's ridiculous that's why i'm kind of like i'm clenching my cheeks a little bit but i mean obviously when we're talking about being gay and just like being queer in general there's always a topic of internalized homophobia Mm -hmm. is queer phobia a term yeah it could be yeah i'm making it into a term i don't care it is yeah internalized if i say it is it is (laughs) i the topic of internalized homophobia and queer phobia there's also a repeating theme that i receive a lot in those Mm -hmm. like venting passages mama this one time i got a fucking nearly eight paragraph from like one of my um younger audience members i i could tell that this person was very very young from the way that they typed but eight paragraphs of just kind of like the internalized homophobia that this person had and i guess i want you to in general talk more about that and i'll see what questions i come up along the way but Mm. in general like how did did you ever grapple with internalized homophobia of course and yeah and how did you deal with that of course i think it's we don't even realize that we have it we have it throughout our entire life Mm -hmm. i think all of us in have internally demonized homophobia Mm -hmm. in the culture we've been raised in Mm. think about like the culture of the 2000s and how like being a lesbian was viewed as something that was like something to gawk at mm-hmm. and shame mm-hmm. and like point the finger at think about like uh lindsay lohan when she was in a relationship with like samantha and the whole media frenzy viewed that lindsay's gay she she had dated women before oh bisexual then yeah okay um or like the gossip surrounding kristen stewart kristen stewart yeah that poor i was like leave kristen alone exactly so you know like uh that is something you take in mm-hmm. and also coming from a collectivistic culture like indonesia mm-hmm. my thing was fearing what this would do for my family mm, yeah like i knew my parents would would be accepting mm-hmm. but i knew that my sexual orientation would impact them mm-hmm. and make other people view my parents as something that was that, that 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 they raised me wrong or that they should be ashamed of having a gay daughter yeah uh that is so common like the idea that oh if your kid turns out queer you you messed up as a parent yeah. something must have happened in their childhood and your yep. you, parents you're to blame yep That's or like all. ancestral guilt yeah always a thing that happens it's like karma mm-hmm. bad or like well yeah even with mental illness or even like not even mental illness like even like physical health illnesses like they always like they I, we are a culture this is one of the things that i really hate about indonesian culture like we are a culture of blame something goes wrong like there always needs to be someone or something to blame rather you, than yeah. just acknowledging and accepting the fact like that sometimes it do be like that sometimes right and like oh you messed up in this way yeah you didn't pray enough yeah you that one that oh that one yeah and i pray every day when i have sex <laughs> ah because you know how usually with a lot of men that uh, st- stereotypically i'm thinking men like a lot of men that are like still in the closet and they have a lot of internalized homophobia mm-hmm. and like they can't reconcile with it and so it manifests uh with them like bullying and like just being a complete fucking jerk it's like basically the question is did you in what ways do you think, like, looking back, your internalized homophobia manifested? 
I think it's like the overcompensation with the way I felt like I needed to dress or needed to appear. That's interesting because like I remember you back in high school, like you were very tomboy with your fashion. I was, but then I also like felt like I had to wear a dress when I went to a party. Mm. And I also felt like I had to have, have sex sooner than I think I was ready for uh-huh. just to get it oh. over with and be like, oh, I've slept with a man now. Oh. You know, like, and like, that's, I think a part of internalized hobia, a homophobia is like, I was engaging in things that I didn't enjoy mm-hmm. uh, and that weren't good for me, mm-hmm. but it's because I thought I was like supposed to, and I thought I would end up liking it. Mm, and that was destructive and that was looking back on it that was self-sabotaging but i knew it was at the time i i had this view that oh i might be attracted to women of course because women are beautiful and they're intelligent and like you know i feel a connection to them but Mm -hmm. maybe i'll feel that way with a man if i give it enough time to develop (laughs) like a like a polaroid uh, film exactly you know (laughs) shake them a little bit and just see what develops and that was not the case with a lot of the ways i was participating in like sexual relations and romantic relations especially when i was younger I I had a question just now and now I lost it. My fucking ADHD brain. It's okay, take your time. Ah, it'll come back to me, I guess. Like for na- I can't really hear you that well. What did you say? Waiting terus not jalanan. Peter is saying that there's this phrase in Javanese which I am not going to repeat that basically says that you can fall in love if you give it time it's like what they say about arranged marriages which is a, lo- a lot of our culture is, is with that yeah it's not explicit but Do- our culture is full of arranged yeah, marriages yeah and um, what and what I say to that is a big fat no <laughs> I cannot I cannot get on board with that uh, I can't either. I understand why some relations are transactional mm-hmm. for a better life or opportunity or whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. But for me, that's not the reason I would ever want to get married. Oh, back in high school, okay, we really want to talk about it. Like back in high school, it wasn't just that some students were definitely gay. It was just like there wasn't ever, ever like a formal declaration. Some of our teachers were definitely gay. And some did come out. Uh, yes. To, and, and that was nice. Yes. Um. And the reaction some students had about that was, like, not necessarily glorifying it, but mm-hmm. making it this, like, huge deal mm. and it becoming, like, a piece of gossip. Wait, really? Yeah. Okay, do you mind, Do you want to tell me who and we can just sense? Oh, my God. Oh, what? I've only ever heard really nice things about him but he, from my grade. He's, he was nice. But, yeah, like, yeah. once he did, people were like, oh, my God, he has a husband. Mm. Yeah, the, do you the think sort his of... husband's younger? Do you think it's like a sugar baby, sugar daddy situation? Mm, yeah, 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 the sort of uh, not bordering exoticization, but it's just making it into a spectacle when it shouldn't have been. Right, and like, yeah, yeah. I, I remember I went to like a birthday dinner with some of my friends, mm-hmm. and they were talking about this uh, person mm-hmm. that went to a different school that had transitioned. Yeah, um, it is a female to male. Yeah. Uh, and they were, like, talking about it and, like, looking at photos being like, oh, can you tell? Mm-hmm. And I was like, this feels kind of weird. Yeah. It feels you, like we're, like, gawking at their life. You know that happened to someone in my grade, right? Because someone in my grade transitioned, I think, after. Well, actually, you know, in the middle of, like, I would say, I think by the time the public sort of had a vague idea of what was going on was, like, um, senior year. Mm. Like, in the middle of senior year. And then what I haven't uh, kept in contact with her yet. Um, uh trans woman so Mm -hmm. uh, male to female and um at that time 
Well, yeah, when the news officially came out and everything, and I do remember a lot of people were pulling that whole kind of like, oh my God, could you have to, like, could you tell and everything? And just kind of like making a spectacle out of it. And I do just remember like not taking part in the conversation, but witnessing the conversation and kind of just sitting there feeling like, this feels wrong. It feels icky. It, it feels it, and gross. Like, it's like, I could see that in the periphery mm-hmm. and I didn't want that to happen to me. I didn't want everything about myself mm-hmm. The complexity mm-hmm. complexities about who I am, yeah. like my my achievements as like a musician and like a tennis player in school, mm-hmm. to now be boiled down to a ca- character definition of just being like the lesbian kid. Mm-hmm. And also, there was also the there was also now in hindsight looking back, there was also the tendency of once, um, like the butch lesbian that I was telling you about just now, of there is there was this tendency of once you do make that formal declaration of yes i am gay then that is all anybody ever identifies you as and like nothing else like that was anytime people would refer to her they that was like always the thing that they just like went with Mm. you know what i mean so i think that relates to what you said i think though and this doesn't just apply to high school this applies to like indonesia as a as a whole this might be a controversial conversation i don't know but that's why you're here anyway of like hierarchy of acceptance and tolerance when it comes to lgbt as in to say that there's levels to this shit my observation look if you disagree right just kindly write it down in the comments like this is just my observation i i might be pulling the shit out of my ass i don't know what i've observed is that in indonesian culture for some reason people are more okay with trans individuals than they are with homosexual individuals and even with homosexual individuals there's levels to this shit they're more okay with the idea of a man being gay than a woman being gay but also like i also don't think gay men have it that easy oh no I, i'm not saying i don't disclaimer i don't i'm not meaning to turn this into oppression olympics i'm not right because like all like hands down trans women have one of the hardest jobs in this country because they're often limited to very specific careers in the entertainment industry mm-hmm. as well as sex work mm. uh and that brings them to risk yeah uh gay men are also very ostracized yeah and end up mm-hmm. in the closet unless they want to be uh, like mm-hmm. kind of forced into like the idea of conversion therapy yeah or just marrying but just and again i'm not trying to turn this into oppression olympics mm-hmm. right like we can acknowledge different types of hurt what i am just saying is that i literally and this is also coming from my own personal experience of like i never heard of gay women growing up or like the fo- the attention of like when it comes to the topic of homosexuality was always male homosexuals never mm-hmm. female homosexuals have you ever noticed yeah that? It's because patriarchy exists even yeah. in aspects of queerness mm-hmm. um, and a lot of the attention of what two women successfully living together independently means mm-hmm. it directly contradicts mm-hmm. what the patriarchy represents. Yeah. And to understand that is to understand why... Oh, no, no, no. Just go ahead. Like why queer women are not taken as seriously often. And are also continuously fetishized and objectified beyond uh, a typical viewpoint. It's a weird thing of where, like, in public perception, they may be a little more tolerated, but only if they can titillate. Mm-hmm. We're to- tolerated if we can sexually arouse you. Yeah. And tying into that point that you were making, I'm not going to say who said this in front of the camera just because I don't want her to get in trouble. But someone in my life, okay, let's just say someone in my life. She's a very interesting individual in the sense where she's fine, to put it very bluntly here, she's fine, and, and she said this herself um, plainly, 
I'm fine with men being gay, but I'm not okay with women being gay. And I sat down with her and I was like, okay, that's very interesting. Why do you think that? And I never, and, and she, and she said, she's operating off of the perspective that sexuality is a choice. Sexual orientation is a choice. Number one. And she was like, it's okay if men choose to be gay because it's not like men can have kids anyway. But if you're a woman and you can have kids, but you're but you choose to be gay, which means that you're choosing to not have children, then that should be uh, that is a disgrace. Because like, what about all of the women that want so badly want to have children, but then, you know, they can't because they're infertile or whatever. And yet here you are choosing to not have children. And I'm like. That's so oh, much that to unpack. So much, so much to unpack. So much. I literally, I sat with her. I'm like, babe, I can't do this. And it was like at 9 p.m. at night. I just, I'm like, I, I cannot do this. <laughs> That's a lot to unpack. That is so much to, uh, that is so much to unpack. But I think it, there is connecting to what you said about how patriarchy and misogyny comes into it of like how, and we're kind of digressing a little bit, but it is the conversation of how women have always been viewed as utility Objects, utility but specifically in the context of childbearing and then that just then demotes all relationships whether heterosexual or not yeah to uh an ability to give birth yeah and like the whole idea of that is ridiculous you can argue choice or like nature or nurture and i don't think that is a smart argument to have because it really doesn't matter mm-hmm. whether or not someone chooses to date women or men mm-hmm. uh but it's like the aspect of like we relationships are not about the utility to necessarily just procreate. That's even the case in the animal world. Mm-hmm. And to suggest that that is the only reason we have sex is to miss out on a lot of fun, honey. Yeah. And I guess we can specifically um, we can specifically talk about this in the Chinese Indonesian context as well, where it, where it's not just. I would even argue in American like um, pop culture, in American social culture and Indonesian culture, like the topic of gay women was just never acknowledged. Um, but I mean, intersecting that with the fact that we're Chinese Indonesian. Mm-hmm. Well, you're, yeah, you're Chinese Indonesian. So are you? Well, yeah, 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 yeah. No, but I, okay. I'm not gay, oh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're talking about you. Like um, intersecting that with the fact that you're Chinese Indonesian and just how. I guess what I'm. Tr- I guess what I'm trying to say is it's. I think one thing to be gay, to be a gay Indonesian, but to be a gay Chinese Indonesian, like you are a minority within a minority. And then Catholic on my, on my, and then another minority. Yeah. Yeah, So it's like, my goodness, was that ever a struggle for you? Or did you just, I mean, we grew up in the kind of like, we grew up in the international school system. So maybe like that didn't matter to you. But no, it of course does. I mean, we experience racism for our ethnicity yeah. often, yeah. right? I am often told to go back to China. I'm like, ah, uh, we have not lived there for generations. None of us speak Mandarin and we really have, tr- I've tried. I've tried. This is, oh my God, no, 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 quick, quick story. Like back in LA, I was walking downtown LA and like some homeless man told me to go back to Thailand. It's like the urge for me to yell back at him. At least I have a home. Oh, oh. oh but I did it. I did it. I kept that to myself because I was like that. Might, oh, you know, he might be homeless, but he like homeless people have guns. 
Especially my, in America. Oh, especially, yeah, no, especially in America. I think we have to cut this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but sorry, I cut you off. Yeah, but yeah. I just, I wanted to throw that in there. Yeah. Um, a homeless man told me to go home. Exactly. But, like, even here in, like, Indonesia, like, often, like, when I will post something very gay, right? And, like, speaking about how difficult it is to be gay in Indonesia and why people should care, mm-hmm. I, I am thrown a lot of hate and a lot of threats. And a lot of those threats intersect, like, uh, hate for my sexual orientation with hate for my ethnicity yeah or it's like oh uh indonesia doesn't accept like uh degenerates like you you can do this if you go back to china and no like, you can't oh like as a, as a i mean not even like you know let's not entertain that but like on an objective like factual level like no it's if it's i i would argue if it's bad here in indonesia it's even worse in china uh i i think that there are pockets like the major cities where like you there are undergrounds just like there are undergrounds here but it's just the idea Mm. like oh i should go back to my home country to be a little degenerate rather than being in our country here yeah yeah so so like it's the intersection of racism with that and just the continuous othering Mm -hmm. that hurts but also is why i choose to stay here like how chinese indonesians and a lot of other minorities in this country have been treated has not been fair yeah and has not been true to our national motto of unity and diversity yeah so i stay here wanting to actually be a minority knowing that i have a place here Mm -hmm. and knowing that that country is this country has founded its motto on that idea and i'm upholding it until they kick me out or send me to prison. Period. Oh, please. Oh, God forbid the latter, please. I do not. <laughs> you can visit me. I I, I do not want to visit you in prison. I would really would rather not. I'd rather visit you in Bali. Yeah, fair. Yeah, but uh, tying back again to like just the Chinese Indonesian community, because I think, you know how the Chinese Indonesian community, there is so much emphasis on homo... How do you pronounce it? Homogeneity. Homogeneity, yeah. Such a hard word to pronounce, my goodness. Uh, there's such an emphasis on homogeneity. Um, the pressure of, like, just being... Meaning, like, you have to be the same as everybody else, right? And it's always... You are the only... I think, yeah, you're the only Chinese Indonesian lesbian that I know. Or actually, wait, no. No, you're the second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. the second? You're, no, well, you're the first and then there's a second one. So, like, you're... Yeah. No, you're, you're, you're the first. I know two. Yeah, I know of two. In a, in a community of like, how many million people are we? You know what I mean? So it's like, sometimes I think about, you two can't be the only one. You, you two can't be the only two. Sorry. Like, there's gotta be. There, of course, is. It's just not many people want to be out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I also think that coming out is a Western concept, and that is something I believe. Like, you don't need to come out in order to be gay. That is not mandatory. Oh, in order to be gay, you don't need yeah, to come yeah, out. No, you don't right. need to come out. And like that is not something that you owe anyone, and it is not mandatory to be queer or to be proud. In my opinion, mm. I think the proudest thing to do is to keep yourself safe and be in love with who you are, mm-hmm. regardless of if you've uh, screamed your sexual orientation out to the mountains or not. Mm. That really doesn't define anything to me. Within Chinese Indonesian context, it's like. You know, dating someone out of your religion is illegal in this country. You can't get married unless you are of the same religion in this country. Uh, You know, which is awful, regardless of your ethnicity. Then again, the social pressures to, like, oh, if you marry someone that is, like, uh, not Chinese Indonesian, what does that mean? Yeah. Or the colorism that exists. My goodness, even, like, as Chindos, like... The, the thought of bringing someone home who's not chindo like that in itself is already very difficult you layer in you being gay you being trans it's like oh my right. god and my partner is not chinese indonesian yeah oh yeah that 
too. Yeah. So like that's an aspect of uh, something that I navigate. It's like, how do we exist in a world where I understand why Chinese Indonesians felt the need to self-segregate. Mm-hmm. They were already segregated from a lot of the population and yeah. they were ostracized and attacked. Yeah. And you find community and similarity mm-hmm. and a sense of like reclaiming. Like when I see uh, Chinese Indonesians reclaim their Chinese last name from whatever they had to change it to back to something that is Chinese. That I understand that and I can see why they would want to hold that dearly to them. Yeah. Um, when it becomes racist and surface level, I don't. Mm-hmm. especially like the preconceived notions we have of certain ethnicities being like lazy mm-hmm. or like not trustworthy. Yeah. But then again, I see that within all ethnicities in Indonesia. It's mm-hmm. I think homogeneity of who you marry mm-hmm. is so important in a lot of Indonesian contexts. Yeah. 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 What about like, okay, your parents are supportive. Mm-hmm. Grandparents are supportive, mm-hmm. which is amazing, by the way. Yeah. That is almost unheard of. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> aunts, uncles, cousins? My, like, direct aunts, uh, no. My cousins, no. Uh, I think, like, the further away you get to the family, the less questions they ask. Oh, and okay. So That's I think good. they know, but they don't want to directly talk to me about it. Because, oh. like, you know how, like, you're at the age where probably family's like, are you getting married soon? Mm-hmm. They don't ask me that because mm-hmm. they know. They don't want to know the answer because mm. it could be yes, but it's not going to be to someone that they'll approve of. What about friends from back in high school and, and or college? I don't have any friends from college. Ten weeks was ten weeks. You were there for ten weeks? Ten weeks. I swear to God, I thought you were there longer. No, ten weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, um, never mind. Not, co- not, not college then. High school. High school. Like, the people I'm in touch with, they... They know about me and they talk about me. And well, no, I think at this point, everybody knows that you're gay. Oh, yeah. But it's, it's more so... Did you, like, the closest, like, your close friends back in high school, like, once you were, like, officially, like, you, you're the, you're the fucking Diana Ross, I'm coming out, like, did they, did that change their perception of you, and, like, did that change your friendship in any way? The ones I've kept, no. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the ones I haven't, and I'm sure the Chinese Indonesian community, they avoid me like the plague. You mean the chindos from back in high school? Yeah. In your grade? Yeah, they don't talk to me. Mm. They don't engage with me. Mm-hmm, or like, mm-hmm. like so, like in that, I don't want to speculate as to why. I also wasn't like the closest to them yeah. in high school. They were friends, um, but they were not like the people that were like my closest friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's an aspect of it, and I, I think. What about like what other I'm trying to think like what other communities are were you a part of and like what what you what did you have to give up what and who did you have to give up in order to be able to live life to to live your life authentically um, the way you want publicly I've known that I am now impossible for any label or traditional media to support me right yeah. So, like, from a career aspect, Mm -hmm. I have solidified myself in Indonesia knowing that I'm going to be an independent artist Mm -hmm. uh, and that I'll have to make my own team. Mm -hmm. That going to a record label or even some booking agencies will not take me on um, because of what I do. It has meant that I don't live in Jakarta. It has meant that I have uh, lost the ability to enter any traditional workforce. Mm. But, but did you 
I mean, did you ever have any intentions of entering traditional workforce? No, but it's like when an option is taken away from you, mm, I see. that is something that exists, right? Yeah. Like, like how everyone's like, oh, you need your fallback option mm. <laughs> just in case an art career won't work out. And you don't even have access to that fallback option. I mean, you, I do until they Google my name and then, oh my gosh, then... Like, then that becomes, I, I'm taboo. It's like talking about, like, sponsors and who would sponsor something that is controversial, yeah. but not in a way that is juicy mm -hmm. to people, but, like, to brands, but at mm -hmm. in this context that is dangerous to them. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, know. I, I, I sympathize with that. I tend to notice a pattern of, like, all of my gay Indonesian friends moving to Bali. Yeah. And, and I mean, I know, I, I think it's pretty obvious. Like, Bali is a much more open-minded and just more tolerant place compared to Jakarta, but... Tergantung. Oh, tea. Spill. My theory is that it's not that Bali is the most open place. It's that Bali is the most open place for the non-Balinese that are gay. For the non-Balinese that are gay. The gay Balinese I know are mm -hmm. not out of the closet if they live in Bali. Or they move to Jakarta or out of Indonesia. Ah, that's interesting. And so the uh, yeah, as a local Balinese, they are held up to different standards than everybody else. Not in my backyard type mm -hmm. of thing. And oh. It's also like, like the idea, I think, why people feel more comfortable moving to bali if they're from jakarta is then they can be out without it impacting people they may have known from like middle school yeah they're teachers it's they're neighbors slate. it's a blank slate where they can start over and not impact their family mm. a lot of people i know move from jakarta to bali and are still not out to their parents in jakarta mm -hmm. or if they are they have a rife relationship with them i think i'm guilty of having like this very um rose tinted perception of bali Bali's of like paradise pa very open-minded very progressive very liberal but i didn't even th uh, stop to consider that it might not be the case if you are from bali right. think yeah. about it like when you visit america mm -hmm. but you base your perceptions of america off of your experience at disneyland off of hollywood or, or like like disneyland where you're paying for service yeah where they're supposed to be nice to you because yeah. they have a financial transaction going yeah. on yeah. They're gonna be nice. Your drivers are going to be like, "Oh, what are what what are you two friends doing here?" And you like, if it were like a gay couple, they could be like, "Oh, we're on our honeymoon." And they're like, "Oh, okay, good friends, good friends." Yeah. They will ignore it. Mm -hmm. But if their kids ever like came out, that is trouble. And it's the whole idea that that queerness is still viewed as shameful for the whole family. Yeah. And yeah. it's something that we will tolerate in other people. But God forbid if that happens in our family, then that must mean something is wrong. Yeah. Actually, wait, I have a follow-up question. Yeah. And if you don't mind, and maybe this is a little personal. I mean, I feel like at this point you don't mind. But like, why was coming out for you so hard even though like your parents were, your parents are accepting of it, right? Mm -hmm. Was it an internal internal reconciliation thing or it was uh, an amalgamation of everything. Mm. It is knowing that my parents on the surface, of course, accepted it. But like, like, like my dad will still like, not will, but like before, before I even came out, would still like see queer people, like, especially like very flamboyant men and mm. like, oh, they're definitely like gay. Yeah. Right. And, and like, they'll say it in a way that is insinuating something bad. Yes. But not even like trying to mean offense, but it's just so ingrained in the culture and how we've spoken in the past that it's just like, oh, and like, like that, that, like that is something to point out. Mm -hmm. Right. Or they'll be like, oh, is that a man or a woman? Or conversations like that. Um, it was also the aspect of like, now what? Mm. What does my life look like now if I do actually want to navigate this? Uh. And what does that mean for me? Right. Will I actually have to experience 
homophobia in the world and what will that look like what does this mean for how i identify Mm -hmm. and how i navigate the world around me when the world around me is not equipped to deal with queer people as it stands now yeah and like those were things that felt so overwhelming Mm -hmm. and you know on top of that it's just the idea of now like okay i'm reaching adulthood how do I even find someone to date? How do I even navigate that? It became so overwhelming and I felt so alone. It's because I what the hate was or what felt heavy was I felt like there was no community around me. Mm, yeah. Even if it weren't people to tell me what to do, like for us to have a shared experience of being confused together, like teenagers yeah. should have. Yeah, 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 yeah. Especially because you were dealing with all of this, like, I guess relatively, yeah, relatively young, like as a teenager. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's this is overwhelming even for me to just like hear about it and I, I'm straight so it's like I can't imagine I really I can't imagine. And it's yeah, I think oftentimes people like when they think of like what I'm what I could lose, that yeah, normally like the default is to think of like the people that you lose but like also I and I'm kind of just starting to realize this is also losing opportunity and yeah, access to uh, opportunity as well. Yeah, shit, wow. <sighs> want to talk about queer dating yes yes okay you have to spear you have you have to spearhead this conversation because i have no i am the last person that should be spearheading the conversation about queer dating i don't nothing you tell me things queer dating mm-hmm. in indonesia mm-hmm. have you ever dated uh what's your what's your dating uh not profile repertoire i guess like your hi- dating history uh i've dated a few people of all genders Mm-hmm. Uh, everywhere on the spectrum. Any of them from Indonesia? Uh, that one. Okay. Yes. Lesbian? Male. Male? Yeah. Is that like the first one? Like the... the... It, it wasn't the person I had like my sexual debut yeah, with. Yeah, the, the Polaroid? The, the Polaroid no, boyfriend? No, but like, like someone that I was like lightly like dating and like kissing and stuff like that. And oh, like... Back it, in high school? Yeah. Okay. Nothing, no one you know. Okay. Uh, so. <laughs> okay. But, like, um, for me, dating as a queer person is, like, where do you find spaces mm-hmm. to find other queer people? Um, especially in Indonesia, like, I don't want to hit on someone who may not be queer and them take it as an insult and that be dangerous. Like, if I hit on a man mm-hmm. at a club... Mm. And it's like a straight club. Mm. The worst they will say is no, and they'll walk away typically. Yeah. In most situations. Yeah, yeah. If I hit on a woman mm. at a club that where they may not be interested in me because they're straight, mm-hmm. they could take it as a personal offense that I viewed them as queer. Which is always so... Oh, now that's a completely different conversation already. Like, it's... I never understood why... I, I normally I get it from gay men like I uh, sorry not, like straight men like straight men that get offended when gay men hit on them and like, it's that's like a compliment that's a compliment it's like you pulling bitches from both sides right and I'm like you you are not getting any compliments from women take what you can get oh, just that, a compliment that too and also like accept accept someone finding you attractive even if you don't find them attractive. yeah it doesn't yeah. it doesn't need to be reciprocated it's so like like that is something or like like the rejection of if it's like a straight girl or even if they're not straight but that they don't like you. So mm. I think uh, it's more common, I think, in queer culture to use dating apps and that to be very common in the norm. What dating app do you use here? I've used Tinder and Bumble. Uh-huh. And how's that been? Fruitful? No. Okay. Well, <laughs> like, 
Okay, so I'm not famous at all, but I'm very well known in my very specific niche. Yeah. I will say that. Yeah. Like, I am, I am a public figure amongst the young gays in Indonesia. Yep. And my, Indonesia's favorite lesbian. Yes. Yes. Indonesia's favorite lesbian. So dating on Tinder or Bumble gets really hard when y'all have screenshotted us matching and posted on Twitter and Instagram. That is so shady. What the fuck? I know. So I've seen that. And then that has made me been like, we're unmatching. I'm unable to go forth with any plans we have made or would have made to date. Oh my gosh. No, no! Why would you do that? You missed your shot, and it's typically like like I I see it more with like the Indonesian girls or like uh, uh-huh. Indonesian non-binary people that I I match with. Do you think some of these people like they were not cat not not they were like fishing you in a way to just kind of like have something to post, and it's like they're not even lesbian, they're not even. Interested. I I feel like they probably were gay, and they were just probably really excited that oh. they're matching with someone that they may admire oh. a little bit. Uh huh. And that's okay. You can Fan admire behavior. me. Uh, but like, you know, we may have gone on a date had you not posted it on Twitter. Uh-huh. Oh my God, no. Because my mind went to places of like, what if these like girls, like they're just purposely like trying to out people. And catfish. Yeah. That has happened to people before. They get scammed and then blackmailed. I know. I and know. I've heard. so awful. I know. And, I have heard. But like dating in Indonesia, I think stems a lot on online. And then uh, you find your communities. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are queer communities in every major city in Indonesia, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And that is a good way to make good friends and to have connections, even if it's not talking about queer things. Like, I remember in Bali, we celebrated Independence Day mm-hmm. in the park with a bunch of Which trans Which Independence people. Day? Uh, Indonesian Independence oh, Day. Oh, okay. Yeah. Our Independence Day. Oh, okay. So we played all the games with, like, the bottle and the pencil and the, like, grupok, and mm-hmm. it was just a bunch of queers and trans people mm-hmm. all at a public park. Mm-hmm. Like, 50 of us just hanging out. And I think that's a good place to, like, date and stuff. But also just make, like, connections and friendships. Yeah. Uh, my experience with dating as a queer person has predominantly been finding people online because mm-hmm. we very rarely have spaces right. where we know that, like, a majority of people are queer. Right, right. And so, uh, maybe where this conversation can get, like, a little bit confusing, so maybe we should put this clarification out there. This is We're talking specifically dating, uh, queer dating in the context of being in Indonesia? Yeah, I would say that when you're outside of Indonesia, like, I think dating apps are still something a lot of queer people predominantly use. Yeah. Um, Tinder is hard because it's so binary in, like, your your gender as well as the gender you're interested in. Mm-hmm. It's either men or women, uh, which is so limiting. Oh, really? There's not an option for both? No. Oh, like, Bumble's there, there, a lot better there than... There is an option for both, but there's no op- option for, like, gender queer people or, like, non-binary people. Then wouldn't, at that point, you just put in all... Wait, hold on. There's interested in male, female, both... Wouldn't you just put both? You say, I am a woman or I, oh, am, I am a man. A man. But there's then, no option to say, no... I am a non-binary person. Oh, sorry. I, I thought you meant like, oh, I am interested in. Bisa, cuma dua options though. Oh, so, okay. So like, it's, it's a little limiting. Um, But like, when I was like in London, there are gay bars. Yeah. And there are gay clubs. And there are like lesbian bars that are predominantly for femmes. Mm-hmm. And they're also like... um Specific? Yeah. Wow. Right. And like there are also like um like queer knitting clubs mm-hmm. and like queer bowling clubs or, or, mm-hmm. or things that uh will bring community together or even like gay owned coffee shops. Mm-hmm. And you've been around the block in like Jakarta, Bali, I don't mm-hmm. know where else in Indonesia, but Predominantly. Predominantly Jakarta and Bali, right? So like where are the can you name like specific places within Jakarta and uh Bali where it's like uh kind of like the the queer guide around Jakarta or Bali of like the places okay. where you would go to find like all of these like queer communities. 
My queer community guide for Jakarta is out of date. I have not been back in a while. And I haven't lived here in a while. She's leaving on Tuesday. This is Saturday. I have a list for Bali. You have to ask for that personally because we are not going to out those venues and have them get raided. Mm, Smart. Ah, smart, smart, smart. Yeah, but they exist, right? They exist. We have a whole list of uh, venues, restaurants you can take uh, your dates at. There are queer-owned venues that you can support. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there are also, like, queer nightlife places or events that happen Mm -hmm. bi-monthly that are catered towards queer people. Yeah. Oh, actually, let me throw this out there. I kind of mentioned this in like one of my previous episodes but like there is there is one bar bar club yeah bar club here in jakarta that is low-key a gay bar actually no i think they're pretty out about being a gay bar they even put it up on on google but i'm not gonna say it i'm gonna censor this they got shut down huh when when did you go i haven't been they got shut down recently like a few years ago you sure? Yeah, they were raided. Maybe they got shot down and then they opened somewhere again new, but like it's the same, but just different name. Maybe. I don't know what que- I don't know what questions to ask. I'm trying to like think of it at the top of my you head. You want to ask about sex? Oh, we want do we want to take it there? Yeah, sure, we'll take it there. Okay, we'll take it there. No, again, and you have to spearhead this because I don't know anything, Mama. I watch pretty much only straight porn. I've watched lesbian porn though. And also, do you think porn is a good representation to even teach you how to have sex? Absolutely not. No, no, no. We were talking behind the scenes just now about how mainstream porn is fucking degenerate. Watch my first episode, guys. Um, how mainstream porn is just degenerate. But I'm just saying, like, yeah. I, I'm just putting, I'm just trying to make a point that like I am so straight that I know nothing about this. I am looking to you to. Educate educate me this is also not something that i just talk about with like all of my lesbian friends you know right yeah so i think sex when it comes to anyone is a learning experience you're not going to be great at it from the start and that's okay i know like a lot of people like oh you'll just know what to do naturally Mm -hmm. you might but you also best ask questions to whoever you're having sex with in the moment to be like is this okay do you like this touch Mm -hmm. how do you like to be touched Mm -hmm. does this feel good can i try this on you Mm -hmm. that's okay let your hands wander and ask. Consent is sexy. Oh, I think consent is so sexy. It's very sexy. Like if it's like a, can I kiss your neck? Mama, mama, I've had a man pin me down both arms like on top of me. And then he whispers in my, is, it, does it, is this okay? Oh. <laughs> Bless him. I should call him tonight. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like, um, I think when it comes to like lesbian sex, mm-hmm. a lot of times it's men asking that. I'm like, you know what we do. You just want me to get into specifics mm-hmm. so you can either uh, invalidate it and mm-hmm. say it doesn't count because there's no penis involved or that uh, get you want to get off on it. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So like sex involves bodies. It involves touching. Whatever you do with your hands, it's okay. Yeah. Wherever you put your mouth, it's okay. Yeah. Explore, use it feel good and if something doesn't feel good let whoever you're having sex with whether it's one person or many know yeah Yeah. and adjust from there i think the very not stereotypical sorry but like the generic knowledge the general knowledge people have of lesbian sex is scissoring yeah right and i think to your point sex is more than just genitals touching genitals genitals entering genitals Mm -hmm. right um that's that's one um I'm I'm so sure you have heard the argument of I, I'm giving I, I'm playing devil's advocate here. I mean, I, I'm giving you an opportunity to like rebuttal that because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you have a good rebuttal for this. I'm sure you have heard the people that say um, lesbians that use what is it called? Strap on, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Strap on. Um, 
and and the the homophobes that go wait you're a lesbian you don't like men but when you're having sex you use a strap on so that you can so that you can feel essentially a dick going in like are you sure you're a lesbian you've heard that whole yeah. argument before right maybe i'm not like elaborating it very well but what do you have to say to that i mean uh like if i have sex with a trans woman and they still have uh like they are not they did not have surgery on their bottom half mm-hmm. that is still sex between women mm-hmm. sex is not defined based on someone's genitals mm-hmm. it is based on the person and their gender mm-hmm. and my attraction is to a plethora of people predominantly in my dating history cisgender women yeah. um yeah i think penetration feels good for some people for others it doesn't yeah uh who is wearing the strap on is my question if it is a man wearing a strap on and it's the sex with me that would probably be considered heterosexual sex yeah if it was a woman wearing a strap on but sex with me it's not heterosexual yeah and the person wearing it is a woman yeah also like when I, when I, I, I think back to the times I've had, like, cisgender, heterosexual sex. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's so short. <laughs> it does not last long at all. <laughs> it is so short, and it is so selfish. And I know that, like, like, the ways we are taught sex is inherently selfish and performative. Yeah. It is not truly about pleasure. And I think that when people learn that of all genders and of all sexual orientations, sex gets so much better. Yeah. Just explore. When I, like, when my partner and I have a cookie, it lasts, like, 30 minutes to an hour. And, like, we're rushing it at 30 minutes. So I think a beautiful part about, like, cisgender, uh, like, queer, like, women's sex is that it's very selfless it is like a give and take Mm -hmm. it is uh an exploration of bodies it is really what we are doing is about like feeling good by making the other person feel so good meanwhile he nuts in my mouth after two minutes of me giving head and like doesn't even tell you that he's going to do that yeah nope nope just non-consensual nutting in my mouth right and you know and then gets mad when i spit his babies out at that point just like Spit it on him and he can swallow if he wants. (laughs) I guess a message for my younger queer audience um, that are on this journey of... What would you you call it? Like, uh, on this journey, on this queer journey. A journey through identity. Yeah, yeah. On the journey of, for some of them, reconciling with their queer identity. And then for, like, others, it's more so, like, navigating... Um, their place in this world and like how they navigate how they move through the world as a queer individual gets a message for them yeah my whole mission in this world is to make sure that everyone especially queer people know that they are worthy of living mm-hmm. worthy of loving and worthy of being loved those three pillars are what i think gives life a lot of meaning and depth i also want you to know that this is one aspect of who you are and it can be a big aspect right now, Mm -hmm. and it might not stay this big of an aspect of how you wear your identity of who you are. Mm -hmm. We are complex people with so many aspects that make up our psyche, how we perceive the world, how we engage with other people. Your sexual orientation and your gender identity is not all you are, even if others will try to limit you to just that identity. You are a human with so many aspects, and I see you. 
and I want to know you. And I want the world to know you as well. I, again, do not know how to follow that one up in a way as eloquent and also as heartwarming. I'm not even, I don't, I don't even feel like I'm in the place to be giving advice. So I don't even know what to say. I'm just, but I'm just glad that you're here more so. I, I, I really do hope that you being on here and you talking about your personal journey can bring comfort to some of my younger queer audience members. Um, because I think some of them seek that comfort and advice from me and I don't know how to give it to them. Okay, but I know you can. So, and also any more DMs that I get from my young queer audience members asking for advice, I am redirecting them to you because I cannot, I do not know how to handle them. Yeah, and you know, I'm here. We can connect you to a lot of the community wherever you are Mm -hmm. and we'll do our best to make sure that you feel safe. Yeah. That is it on this episode of the Indigy Show. Be sure to leave a comment, like, and fucking subscribe, you cunts. That is all. Bye-bye.